0: Praise God. Now, Mark 4, verses 35, and I'm going to talk about fear today, too, so (laughs) if you say you're scared, (laughs) then then, then you're unsaved, amen, somebody, (laughs) because we're going to give you the word today, amen. Mark chapter 4, me and the two country boys, myself and Pastor Coaxon, we're going to get you out in the country. Yes, sir. So glad about it. Mark 4, verses 35 through 41, from the New International Version of the Bible. The Bible says, and it's on the screen, one of them, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, what does it say, everybody? Let us go to the other side. Say that one more time. Let us go over to the other side. One more time. Let us go over to the other side. One more time for good measure. Let us go over to the other side. Now, verse 36 says, leaving the crowd behind, there he goes, they took him along. Now, I like this part. Just as he was. Now, what does that mean, just as he was? It means that he was already in the boat. Jesus was preaching to the people in the boat. So they're saying they took him as he was, even in the boat. Would you say amen? amen? And there were also other boats with him, verse 37. And the Bible says a furious squall, the Greek word there, is the word seismos for earthquake. And Luke, it gives us the same word for hurricane. The Bible says a significant storm of catastrophic proportions came up and the waves Broke, look at that, look at that now, y'all. It broke where? Over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Lord have mercy. I can see the white water rafting trip already. Amen. Verse 38 Jesus was in the stern, wow. sleeping on a cushion. The disciples finally woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Verse 39, he got up. Somebody say he got up. up. Rebuked the wind and said to the waves. How many know he can talk to your storm? Come on, say amen. Quiet. (laughs) Be still. As a matter of fact, it literally means shut up. Come on, say amen. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Verse 40, the Bible says, he said to his disciples. Now, this this is what I want to preach on today. Why are you so afraid? My question would be, did did you, uh, because you sleep, that's why, (laughs) if you had been awake, (laughs) Lord have mercy. (laughs) Do you, now now watch this now, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Verse 41, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? (laughs) Even the wind and the waves obey this, obey him. Today I want to teach on the subject, I got this. I got this. Help me, the Lord, today to preach your word, not under the power of self-natural ability. That will benefit no one. But to preach under the power of the anointing of God. Why? Because there are young people in the balcony who even now are tempted to text and to tweet. There are old people who are tempted to go to sleep. There are others who are like me, concerned about problems they've got to deal with when they leave here. So, God, when I pray this prayer before I preach, this is not a protocol. I know that if you don't help us to hear this word today, God, we will miss it. Your spirit is what we need right now. God, I'm t- take over the moment. Take over the word. Take over the preacher. Take over your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Somebody say, I got this. Somebody shout, I got this. Now, the reason I'm preaching this message today is a little while back we preached on a subject particularly about people and pigs. You may remember we talked about a demonic possessed man. Do you remember that sermon? It was a demoniac. Bible says that this man was 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 to the place. He was as bad as as bad as it can get, that's what he was. Bible says he was naked and ran about with chains and, and nobody could control him, the Bible says. Nobody. They tried 12-step programs, and those didn't work. His, they took him to church, and church didn't work out for him. They tried to get him educated, and education could not get him to have sound reason. Every measure that naturally could not be taken was taken for this man. And the Bible says that he was unconscionable. Nothing could stop his fury and his rage to the extent that he lived in the tombs. The Bible said he lived in a graveyard. Come on now, somebody. Now that's when you know it's really gotten bad. Come on, say Amen. When they have, they have said the only place that you can, that you can be, the only place where, where, where we would feel safe, where somebody would feel safe by you is in a graveyard. The only people that would feel safe with him are dead folk. Come on, say amen. Lord have mercy. And that's where he was. And then Jesus, come on, somebody told me now. Somebody say Jesus. Then Jesus showed up and he totally changed the situation. And he changed the situation in a moment. Come on, say amen. Amen. Touched his body, healed his mind and his soul. And one of the things I told you in that sermon, if you have any remembrance, is that that occasion happened immediately after what we just read. Let me say that one more time the demoniac in Mark 5. Obviously now we're in Mark chapter 4 and these are the last few verses of Mark chapter 4. If you go to Mark chapter 5 and look at verse 1 look there, the Bible says they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. Verse 2, when Jesus got out of the what? A man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. So understand where the text is placed. So the text of scripture that we're looking at today about Jesus Uh, dealing with the storm, speaking peace be still happens in a in a theological sandwich. Now, watch this now. Uh, Ahead of this particular occasion, Jesus is preaching the word of God to people about the power of the word. About what, everybody? He is preaching in a boat to the people about the power of the word. And his words are, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He said, when the seed of the word falls, it must fall on the appropriate soil. I want to pause here and say this. It doesn't matter how good a preacher is or how bad a preacher is. At the end of the day, the power of the word in your life is not based on the person that delivers it. It's based on your heart. Believe that. For all of you who follow preachers, you're crazy and stupid because that same human being that preaches to you is, is human, he is flawed, and he does not, I do not, know. he does not, they do not have the ability to be able to penetrate heart transformation. That cannot happen with a human. And Jesus was clear. He was trying to show them that it's not about anything except the power of the word. And the power of the word is only made efficacious or effective when your heart is ready to receive it. That's it. And then, right after that, the storm. And then right after the storm, a storm and a man. Now, today, I want to talk to you about fear. And let me tell you my problem. My problem is, yeah, Jesus, you preached a powerful sermon. Yeah, the word is awesome. Yeah, the, yeah, we should trust in the word. Yeah, we believe that your word. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the we all We understand that our faith is not increased by miracles. Know that. Don't pray for another miracle that's not going to increase your faith. How do you know that, Pastor? Because you've had miracles before and your, and your faith has not been increased because of it. The Bible is very clear on how our faith is increased. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible even goes so far to say that if it's not of faith, then it is of sin. Faith is everything, and it must be faith not in what God does, but in who God is. And I have told you before, why must we trust in who God is and not in what God does? Because you are not wise enough to understand the deeds of God. So you just have to trust who he is. Because sometimes you will not understand. Oh, I'm talking to somebody in here. Sometimes you will not understand what God is doing in your life. Anybody out there know what I'm talking about? You will not always be able to make sense of death. You will not always be able to tell somebody God's just working out your character. When they find out they have cancer. Sometimes words are not enough to explain what God is doing. So what you do is shut your mouth and you trust in God. You just got to trust him. Period. I don't have an answer for you. Just trust God. That's it. And so, yeah, I get that, Jesus. I get that. But, dude, we were just in a hurricane. I'm not exaggerating. As a matter of fact, most scholars suggest that about this little. now, Now, get the picture. You got a little small fishing boat. This is not a cruise liner. This is not cruise Alaska, come on, say amen. Amen. This is not carnival, this is a small wooden boat in the middle of a lake or a sea that they said is about 13 miles across and eight miles on the other side. It's not very big. And they said the reason why the storms would be so ferocious on Galilee is because it was totally surrounded by mountains. Now, what does that mean? In between mountains, there were valleys so that what would happen is, is when the cold winds would push toward the valley. It wasn't necessarily the trajectory of coming down the mountain, but it was the pressure that built up. Understand that when I was driving through Kansas one time uh, in a motor home, the power of the wind was, was so ferocious that I literally was turning into the wind. You know, it almost, have you ever had a car that was offline? And you, you, you come on, say amen. It wasn't no wind, it wasn't no wind. It was money, come on, say amen. And there was some bad tires you had and you couldn't afford to get that. And so all the while you just you turn it. Come on. Say amen. And you and come on. You Cadillac. <laughs> come on. Say amen, somebody. And you're doing that just to get it to go straight. Amen. But when I was driving in Kansas, the wind, Bob, was so strong that I was turning into the wind literally just to keep that bad boy straight. And the reason why I see in Kansas, there are no mountains and hills and the wind has unlimited unlimited access to you, and it sweeps with power. And these are winds that are only like 15 miles an hour. A 15-mile-an-hour wind coming at you with full force will knock you down. So understand now, in the Sea of Galilee, you have winds coming down at 80 miles an hour and they have been pressurized. So it hits the mountain and because the mountain is in its way, it's looking for release. So it goes through valleys so that by the time the wind hits the lake, the speed has doubled. Pow! Is what happens. Boom! On that little lake. Now that's what happens naturally. But remember what I told you. This particular storm was a satanic storm. It was not natural. Why? Because, oh, hear me now. I'm just trying to set it up as best I can. If the enemy was trying to stop Jesus from getting to the man with the demon, this wasn't wasn't forecasted. Come on, say amen. The meteorologists of that day did not forecast this thing. This was unexpected. It was demonic. This is how I know it was demonic, because he talked to it. God does not have to talk to winds and waves. Did you hear what I just said? He does not have to talk to winds and waves. That's not the only way he can stop it. Is he talking to the sun right now, telling the sun, stay in your place, because if you move one inch, you're going to burn everybody up? Is he talking Is He talking to the clouds, telling the clouds which way they should go? God doesn't have to talk to creation. He already spoke it. When he spoke it once into existence, he doesn't need to speak it anymore. One time he spoke seasons into existence, they don't have to ask God, God, what do we do next? No, the seasons know what they're supposed to do. They know how to respond because the mouth of the Lord has already spoken it. But why would God talk to this storm? It's because this was not a storm, this was a person. This storm was manufactured in the annals of Satan's meteorological power. That's what this was. He was trying to stop Jesus from saving a soul. Well, how many know nothing can stop him? Come on in here. Where are my saints at today? Well, I came here fired up. Y'all better get with me today. Nothing can stop my Savior from a soul. Church folk can't stop him. You can't stop him. Nobody can stop Jesus. Is anybody out here a witness that knows that God cannot be stopped? Bless your heart today. Word of God says that that storm broke through, and it broke through with hurricane. The Greek word in this text is seismos. There was an earthquake underneath. I was studying tsunamis this week and uh, just happened to be studying tsunamis, and I did not know what a tsunami was. A tsunami is when there's an earthquake in the ocean. All right. And it so shakes the water that it causes the waters to climb up like like skyscraper walls. They say sometimes the waves can get as tall as a thousand feet. A thousand feet is taller than the uh, what's the name of that building downtown? The big one. Huh? Tower, tower, whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the key bank building. Is that it? Whatever it is. That's not a thousand feet, but these, these, these waves climb up that tall and when they come down, they come down as fast as a jet. Wow. Did you hear what I just said? Now, understand now, we're not talking about a play devil that's just cool and, you know, I just want to mess with Jesus. I just want to, I just want to hinder him from getting to the man. The enemy has one objective for God, kill him. That's his desire. And so I want you to see every storm that has ever happened in Earth's history. The enemy that conjured up these storms. We saw a few years ago the tsunami that happened in Indonesia. 250,000 people died in hours. that's more people in the city, the local city of Cleveland. In moments, they're gone. Now, understand this. None of those situations had the physical Jesus there. Know this, that the enemy probably took all of his efforts. I would suggest to you that this was the worst storm in earth's history. Just because of who was behind it and just because of who was involved in it. Oh, come on in here, somebody. Come on in here, somebody. Talk to me now. Talk to me now. It wasn't about the physicalness of the waves. It was about the enemy trying to localize this storm to kill Jesus. He did not want him to get to the demon-possessed man. He did not want him to get to the cross. He did not want him to get up with all power in his head. And so he said, I got him now. Now, I did the best I could to set that thing up. So now, 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 watch this. With a storm like that, these disciples had, come on somebody, this is the area of their expertise. They grew up on this lake. As a matter of fact, their natural instinct was to fight the storm that they had so often had to deal with. They had been here before and their frame of reference was... I got this. I grew up on this as a boy. I ain't scared to go down no rapids. I was born on these rapids. Come on, say amen, somebody. I, I got this. And the Bible says that without even thinking, their initial response was to try and save themselves. And I can see them paddling. I can see them fussing at each other. I can see Peter barking at John and John barking at Peter and saying, no, you pull the stern. No, you do this. And the Bible says that the waves now, we are talking about a seismic hurricane, are just totally manhandling the boat. It's throwing the boat one way and throwing it the other to the extent that the Bible says that the waves are going on top. Now, understand this, y'all you got force coming from underneath, and you have water coming crashing down on top. Do you realize that just the force of water alone, depending on how high it gets coming down on you, can crush your skull? They're in that kind of storm, and they're doing what they can to survive, and then they realize, I don't got this. And they're fussing, and they're arguing, and they're trying to save themselves. And do you realize this? Jesus, the whole time, is asleep. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Lord, help me to preach this thing today. Did y'all hear what I just said? No, he's not spiritually asleep. Dude is sleeping. Dude, how do you do that? He is sleeping. He's not sleeping in a hurricane, in a shelter. He's sleeping in a hurricane in a boat out in the open and the crying doesn't wake him up the fussing doesn't wake him up the arguing doesn't wake him up the folk trying to save themselves doesn't wake him up but the minute they open up their mouths and come on in here somebody are you feeling this thing this morning did you see that nothing woke him up except when they said, Master, careless, thou not that we perish. Did you just hear what I said? What moves God? Lord, help me to preach this today. God, help me to get this word in the spirit of the people of God. There's only one thing that moves the arm of God. And it's not your effort. It's not your works. It's not you getting up and failing. But it's when you stop what you're doing. And you open up your mouth and you say, God save. Is that not the Bible? Am I not preaching the word of God? Nothing moved him until they started praying. Do you hear me, Violet Cox? That's what moved the hand of God. He sleep. No, 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 watch this. Think about this, y'all. There's all kind of noise. It's almost like, uh, as, uh, my parents, you understand this. I, I used to stay home with my kids early on. and uh, You know, I'd be laying down and the TV would be on. and My phone would be ringing and I'm asleep. Come on, say amen. Huh? Especially on that phone ringing. Didn't hear it. Didn't care to hear it. Amen? Let it ring. And I'm napping and my kids, my kids are napping as well. And, and, but but, but and I sleep hard now, y'all. But 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 the minute I heard Taylor or Camden turn over in the bed. Jesus. Go back to sleep. Come on, say amen. And then they, 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 they're not up yet. And then. I'm still sleeping, man. The thing it's good to you. How many know them? Ain't nothing like a midday nap. Come on, say amen. Woo. Ain't nothing like one around ten o'clock in the morning. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just resting, and, and ah, it's just beautiful. And, and then I, I hear, ah, ah, wake up. Sports center's still on. Come on, say amen. Phone's still ringing, but that didn't wake me up. Come on, y'all get what I'm saying. You know, and listen, a mother, you understand what I'm talking about. All hell can be breaking loose around you and you can be in the middle of a crowd and you will hear the voice See understand now God is not moved by anything except the cries of his people When are y'all gonna start taking seriously the power of prayer? God moves when we pray he will not move until we pray I, I mean you gotta take the prayer thing real serious Anybody who's just joined this church and you just got baptized, I'm preaching this message just for you today because you need to know that now that you've declared you're on the Lord's side, the enemy's got a storm custom made for you and the only thing that will move God is not for you to go back to your old ways and try to get yourself out and, and think a relationship will do it or sex will do it or or blood will do it or, or whatever else will do it. There's only one thing that can get you out and that's when you open up your mouth and say, Master, tried it before. Come on in here, somebody. Have you ever faced death and you could not do anything else and you opened up your mouth and say, Jesus! The Bible says Jesus gets up. Now, now, remember now, that, I mean, at this, I mean it's even still, I mean, the boat is being flipped everywhere. I mean, water is splashing in. I mean, the fact that he heard them Listen, well, if he can hear the voices of the, come on, say amen. Listen, the voice of the archangel is going to wake up those that are dead in Christ. Now, the only reason why we're going to be able to hear the voice of God is because we are in Christ. And Christ will give us the supernatural ability to be able to hear his voice. And the same thing with Jesus on the opposite end. Jesus is always attuned to hear the cries of his children. Then watch this. I mean, I mean, all hell is breaking loose. Come on, don't what uh, whatever you read in your Sabbath school lesson didn't tell you the full story. Man, we got a hurricane going here. Whish, boom! Whish, whish. Flipping the boat. Bam! They fall out, get back in. Boom! Bam! Whish, whish. People are getting hit in the head with oars. Bam! Jesus! And then I like Jesus. Jesus, cool, calm, and collected in a boat that's flipping in the water. I can see him laying down and just. I mean, all this time now. I mean, Jesus is so cool. Dude, you are in a storm. Dude, why are you not panicking? But, but check this out, y'all. Ellen White actually says that he was not resting peacefully as God. Come on now. Come on You do realize there's nothing that Jesus did in his lifetime except raise himself from the dead that he did in his divine power. Everything Jesus did in his life he did based as a human in his relationship with God. So here's my. So what, 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 what we're saying now is it's humanly possible to have all hell breaking forth in and around you and you not be afraid. Now, here's my problem with Jesus. I think it's unrealistic. I mean, come on now. Come on, y'all. There's got to be more to this than that. Is it a sin to be afraid? No. no. Now, look at the text. Look at the text. The Bible says in verse 40 of chapter 4. Now, listen to me. I'm like, dude, man, you're really insensitive right now. Dude, we almost got killed out here in your sleep. I would have said that. Yes, <laughs> I would. I'd have been like, are you, are you serious? You, you are criticizing my faith and my fear first of all, you were asleep. So you didn't see what we were dealing with out here. And first of all, why were you asleep in the first place? We're out here dying. (laughs) And you know, I just realized a principle. It hit me as I was coming here to church. Whatever God is doing, that's what you should be doing. I mean, it hit me very clear. Like for instance, if you're in a, a situation right now, a storm. Anybody in something right now? You're yes, dealing, yes, You're yes, in the midst of something right now. If God is not doing anything, then neither should you. That's right. That's it. That's it. <laughs> if there is silence in heaven, right. then you ought not be doing anything either. That's right. Come on now. If you ask, Lord, uh, Lord, I'm, uh, should I be? Should I marry this one? Should should, should should this one? Should Should they be the one? And there's no response from heaven. Then you should not be with them. And the minute you get a word, for or against, then you move. See, the problem with us is, is we like to, we like to do stuff during intermission. When God is still, so should you. The only thing you should be doing is praying and in the words. And waiting on the move of God. They that wait upon the Lord. And this is the amazing thing about waiting. One of the hard things about waiting is, it's like you're waiting, right? (laughs) Come on, it's like it's not even that deep. Like the hard thing about waiting is waiting. Amen. Okay, you didn't get that. The hard thing about waiting is waiting. So the crazy thing is, is notice what the scripture says. It says when we wait on the Lord, our strength is being renewed. We're not even doing anything except waiting. And while we're waiting, we're getting stronger. Lord have mercy. Patience has its perfect work when we wait. How many have ever gotten in trouble because you move too fast? Come on in here. Come on in here. You moved ahead of God. You took too many steps. You should have kept still. Whatever he's doing, you do that. So you know what the disciples should have been doing? Nothing. Isn't that... That's, come on, come on, come on. Dude. Listen, is that that is crazy? Think about it from a lo, Andre, from a logical perspective, to be sitting in a boat that is in the middle of a hurricane and simply do nothing—that is crazy. Right. Who does that? That's right. The minute you get faced with a crisis, do not lie to me and say you pray first. You worry first, and then you think about how to get yourself out of it. I do it, and you do it. That's what we do. And now, I mean, I'm telling you, when I, when I, when I was reading this text, I was, like, offended. I mean, if you really read this, as Jesus is saying, he asked them, look, can you imagine? Let's just say, let's say a bomb goes off in this room right now. And there is sheer panic. All right? And let's say Jesus is in the room and he's laying down, sleeping. Now he has the power to stop the bomb in the first place. Yes, Yes. yes, That's right. That's right. But we're all trying, we're like, Man, people are running every which way. Come on, say amen. Wow. Trying to get out. People are on fire, running, and, I mean the place is on fire. And and then Jesus, and then we and then finally after we all the pandemonium is over, people are like, oh yeah, Jesus here. Hey Jesus, what are you doing? <laughs> and then for him to say this, oh. why are you so afraid? Yo, when we read the scriptures, we be spiritualizing stuff too much. Like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, why am I afraid? Yeah, yeah, he's right. They should have trusted God. Every last one of you breathing nappy-head Negroes in here, if you were on that boat, you would not have been like, uh, just sleeping and just waiting on a move of God. You are a lie if you believe that. Here's the point I'm making. Trusting in God does not make sense. The stuff God's asking you to do is not logical. Uh, Where's your faith? Now, now you come here, Jesus. Let me tell you something. Where's my faith? You mean the faith that that I've had to come leave my family and follow you in the first place? What are you talking? You questioning my faith? I done left everything and followed you. All I ask is that you help me help you. And you know what Jesus is saying? Sorry, we're not in partnership. I'm sovereign. I'm God. I'm Lord. I don't want you doing anything except trusting me. Be still and know that I am God. I'm talking about I got this. You don't got nothing. How's it working for you? Fear. Now, all of us have fears. I want to get practical for a minute. And I'm going to tell you in a minute why they should not have panicked. I'm going to tell you why they should not have panicked. After all that I said, and I was upset with the word, But then when I finally got this, listen, young people, when I finally saw it, I thought, oh, I get it now. They should not have. It's not unreasonable. But watch this now. All of us deal with fears and fear. They say there are two emotions that are deadly. I'm reading a book right now called Cures for Deadly Emotions. And the author is Don Colbert, M.D., Deadly Emotions, Understanding the Mind, Body and Spirit Connection that can heal or destroy you you get a chance, you need to read this book. One of the things he says in the book is, there are two emotions in particular that are killing people every day. Fear and unforgiveness. Oh oh so people are sick. People are sick, they don't even realize it. Doctors have given them this, they have given them this uh, uh, particular prognosis and diagnosis. And he's saying, if you look deeper, physician, he's saying, no, it's more than that. He said, people are sick because of fear and unforgiveness. Now, in the the, the example of fear, this is what he says. He says fear is associated with disease. Listen to this. This is how deadly fear is. This is why God is diabolically opposed to fear. Fear will kill you. It will not only kill your faith, it will kill you. Listen to what it says. It says fear has been associated with a wide variety of diseases. Now, listen to this. Including cardiovascular disease, hypertension, digestive tract diseases such as colitis, Crohn's disease, irritable bowel syndrome, and ulcers, headaches, and skin disorders such as psoriasis, eczema, and stress acne. Fear can cause a decreased immune response. So a lot of us who get sick often are, and I will tell you, I get a cold about once or twice a year. You know why? I'm stressed out constantly. Always stressed. Always worried about something. And I believe this thing, that my immune system is being broken down through my mind. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. Fear can precede a heart attack. Yeah. Have you ever heard the phrase scared to death? Yeah. There was actually research done on, on, on individuals that, uh, that practice voodoo. And one of the things that they found out is that these individuals would have what they called uh, sympathetic uh, Uh, Oh, I'm trying to find, okay, here it is. It says, Jesus warned that circumstances can and will arise in the world that result in men's hearts, failing them for what, everybody? World events and personal crisis are two sources of deathly fear. For example, 9-11, so we're gonna change the color to green, we're gonna change it to red, and all the while, people, and listen, and you know, this is unconstitutional for somebody to check you the way they're checking you at the airport, you didn't know that, did you? It's unconstitutional. You didn't know that. You know why? Because you don't care because you're afraid. I mean, look, man, they they all, I mean, they all up here on me and, and all up here. That's unconstitutional. The Patriot Act, unconstitutional. You know why? But they can do whatever they want when they got a population afraid. When you keep people afraid, they'll give up their rights. Oh, come in my house. Oh, tap my phones. And whatever you got to do to stop terrorists, tap my phones, do whatever you... Unconstitutional. Listen to this. It says, a, a number of researchers have studied death in voodoo rituals. Now, you need to listen to this. It says, <laughs> it says, cardiologist Dr. Regis De Silva and fellow researcher Wade Davis believe voodoo deaths are actually cases of sudden death resulting from fear. Excessive stimulation of the stress response called sympathetic stimulation may cause the heart to go into fibrillation, such as ventricular fibrillation or ventricular uh, tachycardia. Now watch this here. It says, either of which is capable of causing sudden death. In other words, the people who die in voodoo rituals are literally scared to death. I think we underestimate the power of the mind. This is why we have to fill our minds with the word of God. We have so many emotions that hinder us from doing and becoming who God wants us to be. Most of us don't even know the power that we have. Let me just run down a few fears. Here are the top ten fears in the United States last year. You're on this list. Now, these are phobias. A fear is natural. A phobia is an extreme case. Watch this, top 10. Number, number 10, the dentist. It's scared of my wife. It says not many people jump for joy at the thought of intense session with plaque removal. See, now, here's the thing. As, as people have said, they say fear is false evidence appearing real. That's what they say, all right? Your teeth need to be cleaned. They will fall out if you do not floss and take care of them. It is painful sometimes, but not all the times. But you will not go to a dentist, and you can't because you're afraid. That's illogical. Number eight: flight. People are afraid of flying. They don't. They don't, they don't see the. They don't see the, 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 the skies as friendly. Come on, say amen. Now, all the studies reveal that you're less likely to die in an airplane than you would be walking on the street. Right. You're more likely to die walking in your neighborhood than you are. And if you're a black man with a hood on, come on say hey man somebody. Yes, <laughs> That's, right. That's <laughs> right. Goes way up. Wow. Number 7, thunder and lightning. There are adults to this day. This is called brontophobia. The crackling of thunder and lightning can lead to heart-pounding, sweaty palm meltdowns. Number six, let me move. The dark. How many of y'all still afraid of the dark out there? Mine is on the list. I'm going to admit it when it comes. How many still afraid of the dark? Come on, say amen. I have a relative of mine who I'm going to leave nameless, and they sleep with a nightlight on. No, I mean, but but listen, the night... I almost told you who it was. But the nightlight, the nightlight they have on it's almost like the lights that you see at the at progressive field i'm like how can you sleep in here with all these lights on scared of the dark number five heights that's me scared of heights now i can work with this right here but i'm telling you man if i had to change one of these light bulbs if i'm the only one that can do it we will be in the dark forever i can deal with dark but i'm afraid of heights Something happened to me as a kid. I think we went to World Trade Center and my dad told me to look out. And when I looked out and saw it down, and it it is illogical now. Let me tell you how bad it is. When we go to the mall, you know how they have the upper level in the mall? And they they have the, you know, you can lean over the banister. My wife will tell you, when my kids get close to that, I panic. No, I'm serious. I'm not, not like a joking way. My wife thinks I'm, she thinks I'm crazy. Because I'm like, get away from there. Kill yourself. My wife's looking around like I, I don't know this guy. <laughs> like, this is my baby daddy. We're not together. <laughs> Heights number four. Public speaking. Those effect Be quiet. You're preaching next week. You're preaching. You're going to preach next week. So stop it. Doesn't matter what you say. You're going to preach. This is not your. This is not yours. Those affected can get the sweats over eating or even drinking in front of people. Some people just cannot be around crowds. Number three, spaces, claustrophobia. Anybody ever got stuck on an elevator before? No, seriously, if you get stuck on an elevator, you will not laugh at people who get get scared of that. I got stuck on an elevator for two minutes and that thing drove me crazy. It felt like two hours. Number three, it's still unreasonable. Number two, creeping critters. Many of us are afraid of spiders. I saw a commercial one time of a spider, Aaron. It was was a Dorito commercial. It was at the Super Bowl. And there was a guy sitting next to his girlfriend on the couch. And a small spider came up. And he got afraid. And then the spider picked him up and slammed him. And said, Have you seen that? And see, that's the whole thing. That will never happen. Never. You are bigger than a spider. My son is afraid of spiders and I try to tell him, Camden, look at you, look at the spider. Kill him. It's illogical though. And number one, do y'all know what the number one fear is? Snakes. And so now you're wondering, why are we going out? Why are we going camping if you're afraid of snakes? Because the Lord has given us the victory. Come on, say amen out here. But, but see, here's the issue now. There is nothing wrong of having fear, but there is a problem with being fearful. If you hear a gun go off and you flinch, is it a sin to run for cover? See, that's not what God is talking about. What God is talking... If you get a report saying that you are terminally ill and you get afraid, does that mean that you have no trust in God? No! These are natural responses. And the only difference between us and animals is this. See, an animal is... An animal's limbic system is not as... Is not as complicated as ours. And they have this thing called fight or flight. You've heard of this before, right? So, for example, a dog... A dog will only get afraid when he sees something that should make him afraid. So in other words, that's why, have you ever watched like the animal planet and and you'll see like a gazelle and the gazelle is like just meandering along, you know, through the the, the azure fields and you're like, dude, this is where lions live. (laughs) Why, why are you here? Why are you by this little brook where you know a crocodile dwells? You know why? Because animals cannot think in the abstract. They can only respond to fear as it is presented to them. But human beings, see, I know that there are certain neighborhoods that I'm not going to go to and leave my GPS system in the window. I can, see, I can think in the abstract. Yeah. Yeah. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. See, that's not being, that's not in error or in sin. The problem is when we are stimulated by something that makes us afraid, and then we take matters in our own hands instead of trying to depend on the word of God. And here's where I want to end. Watch this. Let me tell you why they should not have been afraid. There's two reasons. First of all, Jesus was in the boat. Come on, say amen, somebody. If God is with you, then we should be afraid of nothing. You know, I was reading in in Matthew 6 today. Matthew 6 says, it says we should not even fear of what we're going to wear or what we're going to eat or what we're going to drink. He says don't worry about money. He said your father knows that you have need of these things. He said so, Quit worrying about stuff that you can control and that you can't control and seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things, come on everybody, will be what? Do you realize that worry, to worry about where your next paycheck is coming from is a sin? Now if I tell you, you're fired. There's nothing wrong with saying, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? But then, as a Christian, you pull yourself together. And then you realize, my God shall supply all my leaves according to his riches and glory. You don't go take a job on Sabbath because you, I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. You don't, you don't not pay your tithe. You understand, see, that's logical. You should never be afraid. Of what you going to wear or eat or drink, you know, because your father. Yes. See, maybe that bothers some of us because we had such horrible dads. I ain't talking about them. I'm talking about God. God says, I know what your needs are. Thank you, Jesus. And he says, whatever you need, you can always rest assured that your father, he says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. No, his seen begging bread. God, help us to stop worrying about stuff that we cannot control when you've told us in your word that you shall supply all my need. According to your riches and glory, the Bible says he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, and there will not be room enough to receive it. We've got to let he says, Fear thou not, be not dismayed. I am your God, I will strengthen thee. Yes, I will help thee with my right hand. We to say sin. Oh my God. That's all right. To be fearful. Especially when you got God. Greater is he. I'm trying to sell my house right now. And it's killing me. And I have been so fearful and so worried. And then the Lord just hit me and he said, Am I not the God that woke myself up from death? I can't handle a house. I got this! Yeah. He's got this. Yeah. The second reason and the last reason. I want you to see it. Look at the text. This is why they should not have been afraid. My God. And this, this is a word for us today. I want everybody to see this. Look at this. Oh, look at this. If you got a Twitter account, tweet this. Tweet this scripture to somebody. If you're on Facebook right now, send a Facebook message. Say, my pastor is preaching and he's preaching on this text. Look at this right here. In in Mark 4, verse 35, watch this. The Bible says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. I'm done. That's it. Did you get it? Nobody got that? All right, man. When that thing hit me, because I, I was like, man, that's kind of wrong for Jesus, man, to be going off on them like that. Come on, man, dude. Look, we almost died out here. Now, not eat, now. Watch this. Let's say, stay with me. Let's say Jesus was not on the boat, and he said to them, "Go to the other side." I'm going to put it like this. He didn't even need to be on the boat. That's right. Because he said it. <laughs> Man, it hit me. He said, all day long, I've been teaching you about the power of the word. And then I tell you, let us go over to the other side. In other words, if I said... I plan on getting to the other side. Man, all of hell itself could be facing us. We could die, but you're going to get up on the other side somehow. No matter what happens, if I said, let us go to the other side, then how many know you're going to get there? Come on, say this. Amen. Wow. And this is the problem. This is the problem. Many of us are jumping out in boats with no word. Listen, no, 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 no. Stay right here. This is the problem. Many of us are in boats on destinations, going places, and see, look, see. I, I, some of y'all have applied this word to you, and it doesn't apply because God never told you to go anywhere. And you know why? You're in a storm because of your sin. You're not being punished. You're just getting the consequences. God is trying to turn you around and get you back to shore so that you can get a word. Listen to me, everybody. Listen to me. There are only two principles by which everybody lives. They either live by faith in what God says or they live by fear. I want to ask you a question. Where you are right now in your life, did God speak a word to you there? Did you get a word from the Lord? Did the Lord tell you not to be involved in ministry? Did the Lord tell you to stay at home? Did the Lord tell you to date that person? Did the Lord tell you to quit your job? Did the Lord tell you not to go to school, to go to school? What did the Lord say? And here's the thing. It takes discipline. It takes patience to wait on the Lord. See, that's the come on talk to me in here. Am I the only one? See it's hard sitting and waiting. When when you when you got a hell kind of storm coming your way. And you're and you're anxious and you and you don't know what to do and and you, and you and, and, but but yet you've been here before and but you don't want to start trying to solve your own problems and and you think you've got a solution and, and you think you've got a way out and you're tempted to take matters in your own hands but you heard the word of the Lord say be still don't you move don't don't you sit down mercy, mercy. Do you realize we're in a storm prophetically right now? The world we're living in is on its way to hell and it's taking passengers with it. But if you get a word in you that says you're going to get to the other side, your family is going to get to the other side. Your children are going to see you once you get a. I'm trying to help somebody today. Once you've got, see, listen, there is no greater freedom. Am I telling the truth? When you have the peace of knowing that God has already spoken to this. Right, right, right. I've been without a job for I don't know how for what two, two, three years. Where's Orlando? Orlando, you Orlando Grant, waiting for three years unemployed. And we prayed and said, just hang on in there. Don't you take that job? Sometimes you got to pass on the good for the great. Yeah. You wait on the Lord. Wait on him. Get a word from the Lord. Some of you have been waiting on God and, and you want to move and you're pacing the floor at night and, and you can't get sleep. But see, when you know, but see, like Jesus, when you know what the word of God says, you can sleep in the middle of your storm. Come on, Jesus. Somebody needs to know today that you need to sleep because he says, I got this. He says, Relax. I got this. Oh, he says now so chill out. I've got this. He says we like I got this. Wow. What a word. Yes. What a word. Listen, man. I'm tired of jacking my life up. Yeah. Going ahead of God. Because I'm too impatient to get a life-saving word. Man, Satan didn't even know that Jesus had spoken, let us go over to the other side. Seven words. It don't matter what he does to you. If you got a word, so what, devil? Come on in here, somebody. Give me all you got throw all hell at me because this boat is going to get to the other side. Why? Because the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Father in heaven today. Father, we have taken on missions without orders. Some of us right now, young and old, are out there all by ourselves because we have not gotten a word from the Lord. We are fearful and we should be because we are uncovered by the word of God. And Father, in this text we have seen two principles that will guarantee our success. Call on the Lord, trust in his word. Call on the Lord, trust in his word. Right now, my brothers and sisters, you know that your prayer life has been weak. Your your time in his word has been lackluster. And and be honest, you are in places in your life and you're not even sure. Oh man, that's a scary feeling. Should, Should I be here? There's no better feeling than to know that you are in the will of God. One of my favorite songs of all time, the safest place in all the world is in the will of God. But by the grace of God today, you want to be able to start hearing from God and talking to God. That's it. That will save your life. If you learn how to build a conversation with him and be able to hear what he says. Is there anybody today that just wants to stand to their feet? And say, Pastor, I agree with what you're saying. It is the word of God. Stand to your feet right now. I agree. I agree. That's what amen means. Amen means I agree. I agree.